The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. morning guys welcome back to not your typical with not your typical fitness lover caitlin nolan today we're talking about getting out of a rut also tis the season for having a cracky voice because i was waiting to record because i thought my voice was going to get better but i feel like it's just getting worse by the day so we might as well record before it actually is like gone so welcome back i hope you guys had a really good week i have a really fun episode for you guys i feel like i've talked about this before i'm trying not to like put myself in a box of being like, oh, I'm in a rut or, oh, I'm thriving. But I know that a lot of people during the holiday season or when it gets colder outside, when the sun sets faster in the evening, we sometimes fall into a feeling of being in a rut. And I really wanted to get this episode out because I was going to wait to the beginning of the year because obviously everybody's a little bit more motivated during January and I'm not even like focusing on New Year's resolutions or anything like that right now. But I will say that it's hard when you feel like mentally drained or you feel like you're stuck in comparison, confused about what next year is going to be like, maybe fear of the new year. And a lot of anxiety comes from a lot of people of knowing that they're going to be setting these huge goals for the year and that there's just a lot of expectation that comes with the new year. So I'm going to help you guys get out of that feeling and I'm actually really proud of myself because usually when I feel that rut feeling, I just spiral. Like I will talk myself into hating my life and thinking I'm the worst person, the worst person in my career, unable to achieve my goals, like just you know me. So I've really helped myself get out of that feeling and not to be like, oh, I'm thriving, but I really am happy right now and I feel like my life is just really in a healthy, happy spot. So I want to share that with you guys because I want you guys to feel that obviously. And that's like a huge part of why I even started this platform is to kind of transfer my success onto you guys. And that's what I want to do today. But before we get started, we're getting into our segments of the week. My favorite part of the week, like I don't know if you guys like the segments as much as I do, but it's so fun for me to think of things that I've been obsessed with this week, things that I haven't liked. And I love when I have like guests on and hear what they say. So I feel like it's fun for you guys to hear what I say. And I like doing a couple of each. I think it adds a little bit more variety. Also, another thing is a lot of you guys liked the longer episode. So we're going to try and get them a little bit longer, like maybe 30 minutes is like a good medium. So let me know maybe topics that you want me to talk about, people you want me to bring on. I'm literally open to bringing anybody on. They don't have to be in the fitness niche. Fitness niche. I don't have to maybe already know them. But let's get into my first obsession this week. It's a really good one. 
if you've ever seen either on like Pinterest or Instagram, whatever, whenever someone has like a self-care night, I feel like it's always extra. Like it's like they're not just doing a face mask and going on their phone. They're doing a face mask. They're doing a bubble bath. They're lighting a candle, baking cookies, making hot chocolate. Like I just feel like everybody does things so extra. But then when I do things, I don't do it like that usually because I'm just like, oh, that's so much work. But lately I've been trying to kind of do the extra step and I guess you could say like romanticize my life. But I feel like that saying is just so overused at that point. But doing more for ourselves, I think is really important. And the more you do that, the more you get used to like being treated extra special. And also, I think it's really important for you to be the person in your life to treat yourself the most special out of everyone because the way that we talk to ourselves, the way that we treat ourselves is what's important then. And that's what's going to build our confidence and that's what's going to help with showing up as your best self and showing up for other people as your best self. So it can really play a huge role in your self-love journey or your fitness journey or just your journey to being more confident. So anyway, I really like that. I recently got this one mask from Origins that I really like because it's super pigmented so I can actually see it when it's on my face. And something about the way things look honestly makes them feel like they work better. I know it's most important for it to actually work, so that's definitely the most important thing. But if it on top of already making your skin feel really good looks the way that you want it to, then it's just an extra plus. So the Origins face masks have been my favorite lately. And then I also put on some eye patches with it. And it's also nice to do it in the morning if you maybe have something that day, like if you're going to your friend's birthday party or it's your birthday just like fully getting ready and doing the pre-makeup skincare. I did it three times this week and I just got the masks in a week ago, but that's been my obsession. My other obsession has been being my own motivator. What I mean by that is I think that in my life, I've always kind of looked at other people to motivate me. Even growing up when I played sports, I really looked up to my coaches and I always like went to them to be like my mentor and I wanted them to tell me exactly my goals and how I was going to get there and I wanted them to show me what they achieved in their life and I always just looked up to people who were like a step above me I guess you could say like coaches captains of the team um I guess maybe even YouTubers that I watched like looking up to people that I felt were either more successful in career or more successful in my sport and I think that's really good. I think everybody has a different way that they feel motivated. And I feel like if you're listening to this, I think that's probably a way that you feel motivated because you're on social media and that's a form of looking up to someone. That's a form of using someone else as motivation. And that can be a really great thing because it can spark that motivation. But I think it's also really important to know yourself and know when it gets to a point of either comparison or jealousy or an emotion that feels negative, like anger, sadness. I think it's easier when it's someone that you don't know to feel those emotions, whereas like a cheer coach or something like that growing up, I never felt that. Or even like a best friend. If you're looking up to one of your friends that is super successful, you have to just be careful that it doesn't turn negative towards yourself because there's a lot of negative sides to comparison There's also plus sides to comparison if it can spark that motivation, which I've talked about before. But like I said, you have to know yourself and you have to know that there's a line that you might cross and that's not going to be good for you. So I've 
really been trying to look more inward towards myself to find that motivation. So the way that I've been doing this is I'll picture myself exactly where I want to be. So you guys know me a lot by now. So you know a lot of my goals. I'll think about myself in five months and I'll think about where am I going to be? Am I going to be a personal trainer? Am I going to be posting YouTube workouts? Am I going to be successful in my personal life, successful in my career? Am I going to be having work-life balance? And I use that as motivation towards myself. And I've just found that when you take out the other person, it rarely ever becomes a negative thing because when you think of yourself as your highest highest self, it's such a good feeling that you're not going to be like, well, well, you actually could compare yourself and think, oh, I'm not there. But this is the whole point is you want to know yourself enough to know when things are crossing a line where they're becoming negative. And I think that that in itself has been a huge lesson I've learned. Like I have tried to become super in tune with myself during the past five years. That's been one of my biggest goals is to really know myself. I always used to look up to people that were like, oh, I didn't want to work out today because my body wasn't feeling it. And I'd just be sitting there like, how did you know that your body wasn't feeling it? And I think a lot of that comes from just one practicing being in tune with yourself. So it could be going on walks with yourself, journaling, taking yourself out on dates, spending a lot of quality time by yourself, a lot of reflection. So that's asking yourself things after you do something. So say you eat a meal, asking yourself, what did that make me feel like? Did you like the meal? Do you feel happy? Are you full? Are you satisfied? And then even asking those questions with fitness, asking those questions when you hang out with people. Those are ways that I've become more in tune with myself. And also that's the way that I found my routine because I'll do a habit and I'll try and keep up with it and try and add it into my lifestyle and be consistent with it so I can actually evaluate it and think, okay, how did this make me feel? Did it make me feel good? Did it work with me? Did it add something to my routine? Did it motivate me? And doing things physically that will help me mentally. So working out. That's something physical that's going to help my mental. Going to a coffee shop instead of sitting at my house all day. It's something physical, actually going to the coffee shop, getting myself out. That's going to help me mentally because it's hard sometimes to do the mental things like correct the way that you're speaking to yourself and stop yourself from spiraling and like the thought process. That's for me at least like way harder than the physical things. Like I can get myself to work out it might not be the best workout. My brain might go in a million directions. I might not be focused 100% on the workout, but at least I can get myself there. And I know that once I'm there, I already feel better, one, just for being there. And two, I know that I will at least for a little bit be pulled out of that mindset and I always feel better after a workout. And these are just ways that I've become more in tune with me and my lifestyle. So I think this all goes back to just using myself as a motivator and not using other people to do that for me because first of all, it's almost in their control. And I hate when things are out of my control, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. But in this case scenario, I think it's a good thing to be in control of your own motivation. And also just a huge reminder while we're talking about motivation, it will run out. Like there's weeks that I'm 10 times more motivated than other weeks and I don't put any pressure on that. If I wake up and I can just tell this week isn't going to be a week that I want to be my most productive self, that's like fine. And that honestly is most weeks. Like I would say there's like one week out of the month where I just get my shit together and the other weeks I'll have a random day that I feel more motivated and then I'll have a day where I want to be more chill. That 
is what helps us on the days that we are motivated because we need that rest and recovery. So yeah, that's just kind of my mindset this whole week. My obsessions, my dislikes, my word for next week is going to be, I'm going to say home. And the reason why I'm saying home, I know that's not a typical word that I would use. Like usually I'm like motivated or in tune, things like that. But I just want to spend a lot of time home because we are going home for the holidays, like in Arizona. So I want to stay in my California home. I want to rest. I want to cook in my kitchen. I miss just having like a really chill week. We've been all over the place. My brothers were in town. My friend's birthday was this weekend. My parents came in town because they brought cocoa. Like I've just been all over the place. So I want to just have a really chill week. I don't know. I just have been feeling really good and I just want to share more with you guys so that's my intention this week but let's get into the actual talk of the episode of getting out of that rut feeling if you're in that or you feel like you are someone who falls into that kind of society's terms of being in a rut thriving or even just like the eras like I'm in my thriving era or I'm in my toxic era or whatever it is you know we see all of this on social media and I'm not saying those are bad things I'm just saying that it's typical like we all put ourselves in these boxes and sometimes when it's a negative thing like being in a rut it's harder to get yourself out of it when you've already like put yourself there you've already labeled it a rut so it's almost like you naturally are going to be feeling worse the best I can explain it is like when I spill my coffee in the morning I just know it's going to be a bad day like I'll spill my coffee and then something else goes bad, and then something else goes bad, and it's almost like I will have a bad day when one thing goes bad in the morning because it just keeps trickling down throughout the day, and then you notice other things, and it's almost like you're seeking the negative, whereas when you're thriving, it's almost like you're seeking the positive, so obviously that's where we want to be. We want to be looking for the good in every day and not dwelling on the things that aren't good because reality, you're going to have shitty moments of every single day we all do and even the people that we think have these perfect lives I promise you they have things just like us that annoy them things that make them sad things that make them grumpy maybe compare themselves like we all as humans go through all these things and it's easier to think that we have it the worst because that's what we're focusing on not focusing on and that's what we see and we don't see those other parts of everyone else but Something that has actually helped me not kind of spiral and get into this feeling is to stop overthinking it. And I just mean this in every single genre. I wrote down style, career, fitness, and friendships. Sometimes something that I do is almost overthink things to the point where I feel like I lose my intuition. For example, style. If I'm trying way too hard to put together an outfit that is cute to other people or cute for my Instagram or cute in comparison to my friends like I feel like I lose my initial style because things that we gravitate to initially is us so that first thought that you have is usually the most you and the thing that makes you most comfortable so when you look in your closet and you gravitate towards something that maybe you've already worn a couple times maybe you feel like you wear all the time Well, maybe that's just because you feel really good in it and you want to feel good. So that's not a reason not to wear it. So something in terms of style that I do is like if I have that initial feeling to wear something, I will wear it. And then maybe if I do want to get put out of my comfort zone or I want to spice up my style and feel cute, extra, maybe trendy, then I'll just add something on top of it, like a pair of boots or sunglasses or purse. 
But if I feel good in that style that I gravitate to first, then that's just because that's my style. So not overthinking things, not feeling like, oh, well, this is more trendy, so maybe I should wear this. Like, I want to be more in tune with me and just be authentic to what I actually feel. Something I've noticed with Hunter and I, we take forever to figure out what we want to eat for dinner. And I think it's already hard when there's two people involved or even more than that. It just gets very confusing, like when you're on a trip. But when it's more than one person, it's hard to figure out what you both want. And usually whenever we're like having the discussion of, oh, what should we have for dinner or like what should we make at the grocery store or get at the grocery store this week? I feel like we always go back to the first thing we were talking about and we waste like this entire hour of figuring out what we want to make. And then we just go back to something maybe we always eat or something that's super easy to make. That was the initial pull. Like we wanted that at the beginning. So we tried to convince ourselves to do something else. But at the end of the day, we're just going to end up doing the one thing that we wanted the most. So listening to that first instinct and listening to your intuition, going along with even what I said at the beginning, like learning yourself, learning the way that you feel after things and listening to your body. I forget who it was, but someone in my personal life, like I think it was a family member of mine, she said to like listen to your body's physical reaction to things. Like if you are hanging out with friends or if you're going to a club, say, we'll take myself as an example as I always do, but listening to my own body's reaction is what would tell me that I don't like it. So is my heart racing? Am I feeling nervous? Am I pacing? Am I feeling uncomfortable? Am I like hiding myself to feel smaller because I feel uncomfortable? Or am I standing confident? Am I smiling? Am I laughing? Am I happy to be there? Does it feel like time is flying? So that's kind of my point of like learning yourself takes a lot of evaluating and I think that's a good thing too because then it makes you try new things and I know that kind of sounds, um, what's the word, not repetitive. What's the word when you like say something but do something else? Hypocritical. It's hypocritical of me to say I don't like to go to clubs when I've never been to a club but I think that I've just learned through other things that I wouldn't like that because it's just like not my scene. I think I'm more of like a house party girl or like hang out, go to dinner But that's not to say I'll never go either. Like, obviously, I have friends that are probably going to have bachelorette parties and like, I will definitely go. But that's another way to just stop overthinking things is when you get to the point where you do know yourself and you do know your body, it's easier to read yourself. And it's just like when you get close with someone, you start to kind of learn things about them and you start to know the way that they feel in certain situations and then you can look at them and you just know exactly how they feel that's how I always feel with like Hunter or my best friends like I could literally look at my best friend Katie and just be like okay you're uncomfortable we're leaving or I'll be like oh she's having a good time because I just know her and I know the way to read her and it's the same thing with ourselves we learn different things about ourselves as time goes on um another thing that's helped me without to stop overthinking things is to accept less than perfect. This is something that I've always had to work on. I'm a perfectionist. I think a lot of people are and struggle with this, especially now in society. I think that everyone feels like perfect is the only way to be successful or perfect is the only end goal when in reality, literally nobody's perfect. And it doesn't make sense to have that idea because Things are always going to happen and just because they happen doesn't mean that you will now not reach the goal or that you will now not be society's expectation of good versus bad and 
I think that just something that's really helped me is learning that I don't have to be perfect for anyone. I don't have to be perfect for myself. I don't have to have a clean room 24-7. I don't have to have a clean car 24-7. I don't have to eat all my food at home and cook beautiful, colorful recipes. I don't have to only eat at home during the week and then go out on the weekends. I don't have to say yes to every single social event. I don't have to journal every morning. I don't have to drink water every day. Okay, well, actually, you do have to drink water every day, but I don't have to be my most hydrated self every day just to reach the goal because, yeah, those things I want to do. That's kind of the silver lining is as long as we are putting in the effort, as long as we are trying, it's okay if some areas are falling down while others are being lifted up because that's just kind of how life works. When one thing is getting most of our focus, some things are going to fall down. You can't put so much on your plate and try and equal out everything because nothing's going to be above average. If you put way too much on your plate, you just have so much that you can give and so much that you can pour into other cups that if you try to pour into all these cups, it's going to be average outcomes. And for me, at least, I would rather put most of my effort into one thing at a time to not spread myself too thin to where nothing is working out. Because I think that's an easy way to also get in that feeling of a rut when you just feel like nothing is working out. Well, maybe it's because you're spreading yourself too thin. Maybe it's because you're burning yourself out. We only have so much to give, so we have to remember that. It also goes to show that things start to pile up. You know, when you like put off cleaning, it just gets so bad to the point where you're like, I don't even want to start cleaning because now it's just so bad that it's going to be so much harder. Whereas if you would have just kind of picked up throughout the week or picked up once you made a mess, it's so much easier to clean that way. And sometimes we do that, you know, like sometimes we do pick up after ourselves and then weeks get busy and we forget and we almost overlook the fact that cleaning is important. And then it just gets piled up and then it's like too far gone. And it's almost like that's what we do mentally. Like if I have a really busy week, I feel like those are the weeks that mentally by the end of the week, I just feel obviously drained because I had a really busy week, but I feel like overwhelmed, stressed, unsatisfied because maybe I've been overlooking some of the little habits that I usually do for my mental health. So to round it up, let's also talk about ways that I get out of a rut feeling if I am in it. And the biggest thing I can think of is just changing it up, doing something different, you know, like trying a new workout class is something I always say, but that's more like if you're feeling like you're in a rut in your uh, fitness journey, but even just in your personal life, do things that you don't normally do. Like I just had this conversation with Hunter the other day because I was just overthinking something and I was just like, I just, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, maybe I should just do what I would normally not do, you know, which would probably just be nothing. Do nothing. I'm such a person that like wants to fix everything and I want to like overdo things to like put it in my control and try and figure it out to make the best outcome. But like sometimes that doesn't really work out best for me. And I think the older I get, the more I find power in just doing literally nothing and just relaxing or just not putting all this pressure on myself because I'm not in charge of everything. This is such a small example, but something I do in like social settings is I feel like I need to fill the air if it's like quiet because I don't want anyone else to feel awkward. Like I'm not going to feel awkward if it's quiet, but I'm worried that other people are going to feel awkward. So I'll just start talking like I'll fill the air. I know that at a social event, I will be one of the most talkative ones because that's my personality for one. And two, 
it might be a little bit of social anxiety where I'm trying to fill the air of awkwardness, but then I leave and I'm like, oh God, I talked way too much. Like Hunter's like, girl, you got to stop with this. Like after a hangout being like, oh, I talked too much blah, 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 or like overthinking the conversation because it's just so annoying. Like I do it so much. So my point is maybe if I'm feeling like that after a social situation, I don't want to feel like that. I should just kind of sit back and not feel like I need to fill the air or just doing things that I don't normally do and seeing if it works out better for me. So yeah, switching it up, doing things that maybe naturally don't do every single week is a good way to kind of keep things exciting, get out of that feeling, but that wraps it up today. My journal prompt this week is going to be what do I do to get out of a rut and then go as far as maybe actually doing those things because sometimes it's easier to say things that we would do, but it's harder to follow through with them. So that's my challenge to you this week. Um... I do like to give a little like life update at the end of my episodes. I feel like if you listen to my last one, it's kind of the same. Like my family got sick for Thanksgiving. We all know that by now. We didn't have cocoa for almost two weeks. Was literally the worst two weeks of my life. Cried almost every single day. I missed her so much. But now she's back home. My brothers were in town last week watching my cousin's house that lives by me in Laguna Beach. And... I socialized so much. I was literally at my cousin's house like every single night till 12 in the morning, just hanging out, talking with my brothers. And then when Hunter finally started to feel better, I started hanging out with him, obviously. And then my friend had a birthday this weekend. That was really fun. We went and hung out with our friends on Saturday. And then my parents came up, brought Coco, and then they stayed with us. So we've just been like all over the place. It's been crazy, but fun. And it's exactly what we needed, especially after like my family was quarantining themselves because they were all sick and then Hunter was quarantining himself. So I felt super lonely and just like very unsocial. So a super social weekend was perfect. And now I'm just going to try and mix the two, like spend more time at home, like I said at the beginning of the episode, and then also make plans with my friends just to kind of get out throughout the week. Me, Lindsay and Nat love going to spin now together. So we're going to do that this week. I'm excited and then we're going home for the holidays probably on Saturday I'm thinking and then we'll be home in Arizona for a week and then I think that we're going to host Christmas at my house like our little home in California my family's going to come up we're going to do Christmas Eve here and then we're going to do Christmas Day at my cousin's house in Laguna Beach and I'm so excited I also love that a lot of people were loving the festive episode last week and just saying that I got them more in the holiday spirit because I've been in the holiday spirit for like three months at this point, like the second it turned to fall and um, Starbucks had the pumpkin syrup. I've been festive ever since. I've been in cozy mood, so I'm happy a lot of you guys are meeting me there now. Another thing I want to do this week that's kind of festive is get my nails done. I was going to get red because obviously everybody gets red the last couple weeks of December because it's festive and fun, but I think I'm actually going to do green because I think it's also festive, but I don't see it as much. And I saw a Pinterest photo of this color that was so pretty. It's like the Bottega green, and I think it'd be so pretty, especially because I always wear black anyway, and I think green and black is really pretty. So I think I'm going to get green nails, but we'll see. Probably we'll check it out and do OPI Funny Bunny, because that's all I get. But thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys liked it. Don't forget to let me know some feedback. Also, rate this podcast. If you love it, give it five stars. It helps me out way more than you guys even know. So please do that. But thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys next week. I love you. Mm